0: Listening to the Activist Investing Today podcast. And I'm super excited to have with me Bob Marisi, Managing Director at Proxy Solicitor at McKinsey Partners. McKinsey Partners is one of the biggest proxy solicitors in the US and it does a lot of work in Europe as well. Bob, thanks for taking a little
1: time to chat with us. No, thank, thanks for inviting me, Ron. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you.
0: Absolutely, and so thank you for agreeing, I really appreciate it. So mckenzie Partners has worked on some of the most contentious campaigns as a proxy solicitor, including, uh, congratulations Bob, the most recent successful effort Uh, for Dell to close its hike $23.9 billion offered to buy back shares tied to its tracking stock in software maker VMware. There, Carl Icahn had been agitating. So uh, uh, I guess a big success in getting that deal closed. And you were working on on behalf of Dell in the solicitation there. And so with that in mind, I have questions about activist managers Seem to be targeting a growing number of so, what we like to call friendly deals in the U.S. With yes. uh, and I'm wondering if you expect more in the coming months. Uh, you know, one of the what, most interesting ones this year was Carl Icahn's effort to have Cigna actually cancel its acquisition of Express Scripts. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, we also have a number of campaigns against take-private deals and um, where and also I guess activists uh, targeting the target uh, or trying to get the <clears> target to pay more. So I guess first one do you think we'll see more activist managers targeting mergers in the U S in 2019? And then two, uh, wondering if you think companies should do more to prepare for activists when they're doing deals and like what kind of things they could do in that's those situations.
1: Sure. Certainly. I, I do believe that um, the coming year we'll see um, at a minimum the, the same level of, of anti-deal activism that we saw that we are seeing and have seen in 2018 um i it, simply because you know it, it is a it is fertile ground for for the activists um you know i don't i don't know the exact statistics but something in the neighborhood of twenty five percent of the deals they contest end up uh having uh a, a higher a, a higher amount of um uh, uh a higher payout amount uh as a result of that activism so clearly um it something's working for them, and and it is, and it certainly is a risk uh, for many deals, many M and A deals. Um, you know, in in terms of how uh, companies should approach it, you know, along with their advisors. I think uh, understanding a, a few things. Firstly, um, at a basic level, your shareholder base, who potentially um, could be problematic in the event of an M and A transaction. Uh, who in the past has been problematic, you know, if they are in the registry. And also, you need to take a look at the trading uh, post-announcement. That's one of the things that we spend a lot of time doing uh, in in the context of M&A jobs, uh, looking at, the, you know, the trading as it's, it typically elevates post-announcement and trying to figure out exactly, divine the tea leaves. It's, you know, a little bit of art, a little bit of science, understanding um, who is who is new to the stock, and, and potentially, who in, within that group might be problematic. Um, also, you know, your disclosure around the, the the transaction is important. The background section of the proxy, um, just kind of to the to the extent you can potentially assuage some of the concerns that might be raised by not necessarily just a dissident shareholder, but a, a, any shareholder who might say, "Hey, why are you guys doing this? this is this empire building?" I think, to the extent that you can show that there was a rationale for the for the um, for the deal, that the, the deal was something that fits into an overall strategy um, that the company has been considering in a thoughtful manner, uh, those types of things um, in many in, in many cases help uh, companies kind of tamper down the um, uh, the likelihood or or tamper down. The uh, enthusiasm that an activist manager may have to jump into a situation where they might believe that there is a uh, a a chink in the armor that they can uh, that they can exploit.
0: It seems like it's kind of a uh, you have to have a careful balance with. You can't really tell your shareholder in advance of a deal that yeah we're thinking about doing a deal, but it's something companies can do. uh, You know, provide some sort of general information or broad uh, commentary that you know they're they uh you know look at potential making acquisitions or mm-hmm. or uh uh are looking into strategic options um prior to the deal being announced right they, they should provide some guidance in advance. exactly
1: order. exactly yeah there, there are companies that i've seen have that have been criticized for um uh announcing a transaction and then the shareholders were kind of uh uh, caught blindsided by it mm-hmm. in, and 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 the and the not necessarily objecting to the transaction but just surprised that um that they were acquisitive um when indica- when they they believed that the company had said publicly that they were not so to the extent that your i r efforts and your communications with your shareholders um, you, you know and and to your point you can't necessarily uh, bring all your shareholders under the tent and tell them, listen, we're looking at uh, these three companies. But you certainly can uh, countenance um, uh, an acquisitive uh, stance uh, within reason. Okay, cool. All right. So I want to
0: switch to more traditional uh, uh, activist campaigns, uh, targeting companies, although a lot of those also involve uh, you know, pressure by uh, the activist to drive a deal. Um, um, I was writing today a story about uh, activist Glenn Welling of Engage Capital and his campaign launched recently at uh, Del Frisco's, a 200 million market cap um, uh, upscale restaurant chain, and uh, the company installed a poison pill. It was a it's a one year uh, uh, a one year poison pill uh, that's a 10 percent poison pill. Amusingly, uh, Welling and his uh, the activist in his. Um, letter to, uh, you know, raising uh, its its campaign said that he has 9.99% stake. So just, you know, just below that 10% uh, cap that the poison pill, also known as the shelter rights plan is. So I, I, I'm not asking you to kind of comment specifically about this particular campaign or the company's no. decision here to to install a poison pill. I'm just wondering if you could give us kind of, I feel like there's kind of Pros and cons associated with installing the sure. poison pill. Sure. I feel like on the pro side, it's probably you know at the very least, uh, uh, Glenn Welling, the activist, mm-hmm. can not accumulate more, which makes it less likely that if he does do a proxy fight. And in this case, Glenn Welling is frequently employs proxy fights, uh, director election campaigns to get his uh, you know his to push the company forward. At um, least he can't you know. Uh, Accumulate another five percent, ten percent, which could be the difference in the in a in a in a in a, a, a director fight. But I'm just wanting to talk a little bit about the pros, and then I imagine there are a bunch of cons there as well.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there there is a certain tension between the company recognizing, as you noted, um, that without the pill, uh, the share the the activists uh, can certainly move to a higher ownership percentage, one that perhaps with other folks on the stock might be you know, almost, uh, create a controlling block, you know, sure. a de facto controlling block. Um, so there's that, that tension. Um, but I, I can tell you, um, that I, I've seen in many, many situations, uh, similar to what Del Frisco did, going into shareholder meetings with the company, which is something that we do. We accompany the, um, the issuer to the, to investor meetings, just to, uh, you know, to kind of get real time feedback and and help them develop their strategy, I don't know any shareholder that we've met that has said, "I like a poison pill for the right. most part they tell they tell the company and 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 the board and in uh, without mincing words um, a shareholder should be able to buy as many shares as a shareholder uh, can uh, up to the whatever limits are. Uh, the, or, or impressed upon them by, uh, you know, antitrust or whatever. But um, that there shouldn't be a cap on what a shareholder should buy, and and you know that is generally the feedback. Now, is, will a shareholder vote against a company for a, in initiating a poison pill? Is the you know it depends how the poison pill is set up. Typically, it's you know it it it, it as you noted it, in the Del Frisco situation it has a limited duration. Um, you know, I can tell you that you know ISS has has criteria that they, they um, look at in terms of the structure of a poison pill. They,
0: they don't but, like 10% pills. Am saying? They, they don't like 10% uh, and then a bunch of other different things they want to see, including exactly. Pills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they might yeah, even 10- recommend against directors in an unconsisted, election in this kind of scenario situation
1: in, a, in an uncontested election they very well in a contested one that 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 might be something that enters the conversation mm-hmm. but um i think a, a board has to be uh has to go in with eyes wide open when they when they enact a pill and uh, be aware that there might be um depending on who these shareholders are significant blowback for doing so
0: yeah it's interesting because institutional investors uh you know might be calling up a company that just put in a pill and saying, you know are you plan to give shareholders a chance to ratify it at the next meeting which yeah. is, in this case you know it's very possible and almost even likely that that uh, del Frisco's will put it up for a vote uh, at its meeting um, next year but uh yeah. anyways the um, um but anyways it's something that and i'm wondering if like if you uh, you know there was this deal, uh, this uh um, what is it called? Uh, dual, uh, dual-level poison pill that uh, some some companies tried to do a few years ago, where you would uh, allow institutional investors to accumulate beyond the yep. the stake, but not allow activists to. They didn't really work out very well. I feel you like know. you know, you, in in some cases, yeah, when you have an activist campaigning, you want to kind of bring in more management-friendly institutional investors, and they. They may want to accumulate a position that's beyond the the ten percent cap. But that's is that another kind of poison pill related issue that companies might face.
1: You know, those 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 become thorny. I mean, there are grandfather. You know, some some institutions can be grandfathered in if they're beyond the level of ownership
0: but like new um, ones like if it's a new uh, like yeah, a new big yeah. investor wants to bring in a, a significant amount of capital particularly in a small cap company like this yeah yeah I'm,
1: you know there, there that, that that was that that's something for legal to consider but you know i'm sure a carve out could be created to no, uh, to to allow you know uh, i i think i think there's probably ways to structure it. but again um what are your shareholders going to say about that and, and what what impact is that going to have um, you know in some cases um, you you can do something in the immediate term which you think is going to slow the role of the activists mm-hmm. when what you might actually be doing is is furthering their their support by mm-hmm. um, uh inflaming the uh the the uh, sensibilities of 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 your govern more governance focused um uh, institutions who are already in the stock, so there, there, uh, it has to be a very careful uh, and thorough analysis before this this is undertaken. I mean, at first blush, it seems like the most the most rea- the most uh, commonsensical thing to do, um, but um, it you know, and it, it can be with a price, and and that price may just not be worth it. But um, I think uh, you certainly can can. Slow the role with the with an activist by by enacting a poison pill, and then if you decide that you're going to pull it at some point after you've engaged with your shareholders, maybe maybe it's had the desired effect, and that uh, uh, it's given you know a little space between you and the activists and the and you can uh, make some public statements that can uh, that can help your position vis-a-vis your, your existing investors.
0: Wow. Fascinating stuff, Bob. That's uh, unintended consequences associated with poison pills. So let's shift to another scenario, maybe related uh, uh, to the poison pill. You have an activist investor who, we see this very often, and I'm always wondering, you know, all the uh, advisors huddling with the company, how they should respond to this scenario. You have an activist who wants to see a company broken up or sold or divest some divisions. The company does not want to do this. The activist uh, launches a proxy contest to install a minority slate of, let's say, three directors on an eight-person board. Um, Activists not wanting to take control of the business, so the board you know, would still have the, – the incumbent board would still be in – in control with you know, let's say uh, five out of the eight directors, these three have a, have a lot of influence. I'm curious if you think that uh, um, if you think that the um, uh, the activist, uh, you know, how would you how would you respond to this? Would you allow the settle with the activists and allow them to have a minority slate in this kind of scenario, or would you? Well, uh, how would you advise a company?
1: Yeah, so so I mean, again, it's it's not something that occurs in a vacuum. You, you need to. Um, you need to evaluate what their what the ask is of the activists. Um, and you and you should also at that point if it's something it's public, um, you should engage with your your existing shareholders and take their temperature on what what what's being proposed. I mean, if if you're if the rank and file shareholders are telling you the same thing that the activist is telling you, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's something that needs to be considered. Uh, at, at a minimum, uh, or enacted, uh, you know, with the with or without the help of the activists. Now, I mean, there, are, settling is, you know, so some institutions uh, countenance that they don't want you to settle; that they they want to be able to have a voice in the in the in the composition of the board through the through the annual meeting or the special meeting if it's if it's a uh, you know if it's a, through a consent solicitation. Mm-hmm. Um, um uh, Through the structure, they want to have a, a voice in the structure of the board through the voting process um mm-hmm. and that they're not keen on settlements and and then, in conversations with other settle, uh, investors and even the same investors you 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 often hear make the make this proxy contest go away so there is a certain amount of pressure on the board to settle um it's expensive, it's distracting um as a public relations uh matter. It's, it's, it's never flattering for the company, uh, especially when, if, if, the, if the activist is particularly vocal and has decided to um, be aggressive in, in the messaging that they're, that they're putting forth. Um, but what we often advise companies is take a look at what they're proposing. If it's unreasonable, sometimes it's better to fight it out, let shareholders have their voice at a at a at a at an annual meeting mm-hmm. um and then if they decide that they want to elect shareholder uh elect the dissident to the board then you know the the shareholders have spoken and corporate democracy is you know is kind of is has won the day um but it, sometimes it's better to have that fight um to clear the air mm-hmm. and um and and to um and potentially defeat the activists if the, sh- if the rank and file shareholders think that whatever their thesis is just isn't, isn't viable or mm-hmm. is ill-advised, um, you know, and, and, and also, to
0: be- uh, interject for a second, you know, in a situation where an activist succeeds in a proxy contest that goes a distance and gets a minority slate of three directors on the board, the activists will often probably come to the board and say, uh, you know, this was a, uh, The majority is spoken. We want the company sold or broken into two, even though they didn't win a majority of the board. Um, I mean, that's the other scenario that could emerge, right?
1: Absolutely, and 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 you know, so there there were two things. uh, As I was about to say, there's two things that need to be considered. Firstly, the dynamic in the boardroom with these three new uh, voices uh, of eight uh, in your in your scenario. you know, what impact are they going to have on the boardroom? What what impact are they going to have on management? Because what you find is a lot of times when the activist is involved, not necessarily the directors aren't engaged, but the activist is uber engaged and makes many, many requests on the time of the management of the company asking for data and information that other directors just don't ask for. So it it is a distraction for management. It can be a distraction uh, in the boardroom. Um, and and sometimes, it it just gives them a toehold for what inevitably may in, in the second year lead to a control of the company through a subsequent proxy contest. Right. Um, yes. So th- there you is definitely again <laughs> like 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 with the poison pill, there is the unintended consequence of a settlement that, that leads to something far worse than just going to battle um, and uh, you know getting a little bloodied but surviving surviving the war.
0: Mm-hmm. interesting fascinating stuff so okay last we don't have a lot of time left uh sure. last question i uh, wanted to talk to you about another uh, approach which some people consider to be kind of a softer gentle approach to activism which is the withhold vote campaign we saw this uh and, and in some cases it's because the companies. Uh, the deadline for nominee directors is passed and it's not possible to nominate director, but the activists want still to send a message. Uh, we saw that a bunch of companies this year, some in one case and associated with a hostile bid to buy a company. Um, you were involved in the Win resorts one with Elaine Wynn. And I believe you were advising Elaine Wynn and her successful effort, uh, uh, there, uh, she, uh, had a vote no campaign, kind of withhold vote campaign. So this is an uncontested election at Wynn Resorts following the resignation of her ex-husband, Steve Wynn. And she targeted someone on a three-person panel investigating the situation. I guess, one, you know, do you think in 2019 we'll see more uh, vote no campaigns, withhold vote campaigns, whatever you want to call them, you know, activist campaigns targeting directors in an an uncontested election where the activist doesn't have their own dissident director slates? um and then secondly uh i guess if you could talk a little about that campaign and 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 uh, the pros and cons associated with with it
1: sure i uh, i think we'll certainly see vote no campaigns i think it's uh, for, for the reasons you you specified it's it you know they're they're sometimes the dissident misses the deadline um or is held up by the company uh for whatever reason and not able to um perfect their um uh, nominations um you know, it is a less costly way to approach it. You know, it can be through, uh, as as Elaine did, actually mailing a proxy card, um, mm-hmm. requesting uh, shareholders' vote on that card, um, or it can be just kind of a um, uh, through the through the public domain and and just urging shareholders on the company card to vote against. Uh, so I I think it's a, it can be in certain situations an effective tool. Um, it sometimes circumstances dictate that that's the only thing you can do, um, and rather than wait for the next, next, uh, year's, uh, nomination cycle in order to participate. Um, you know, Elaine was a very effective advocate for her position. Um, she was the, is the largest shareholder in the company. Um, uh, she had concerns about it, which she enumerated during the campaign about the business. Um, and I, I, I think, um, Um, she did an amazing job uh, and had an amazing result. Um, uh,
0: The company definitely shook up its board a lot even before and after her
1: campaign. Yes, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, the question has to be asked the absent, absent her uh, presence and her being as vocal and uh, articulate about her arguments as she was, would they, what would they have done? And I, and I, and I, and I, 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 I'm always skeptical, but I, I think that uh, she was a the catalyst there for uh, for some meaningful change.
0: And it's interesting because, you know, this is, you would think, oh, you know, this is just a, a kind of an, a, a, there's no a practical effect that withhold vote campaign have. The company is not obliged to do anything in response mm-hmm. to a withhold vote campaign. But it's hugely yeah. embarrassing, right? If a majority of shares vote against incumbent directors in an uncontested election, that's what uh, she was able to push forward there. And that, right, that's what you can do with a withhold vote campaign,
1: Oh, most definitely. It was it, that was a, that was a glowing example of, of the effectiveness of the vote no campaign, and uh, uh, it it, 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 it um, shareholders uh, rallied around her and and uh, and and spoke in a very loud voice.
0: All right. Well, this has been really interesting. Uh, you've been listening to the Activist Investing Today podcast, and we've been talking to Bob Marisi, the managing director at Proxy Solicitor McKenzie Partners. Thank you, Bob, for taking the time.
1: Thanks, Ron, and uh, always a pleasure.